This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Dive Bomb Squadcast. We've uh, got several big trips on the horizon, but being in the middle of snow goose season, we felt it's very important to slide this one in there. So, uh, not only are we wanting to give a Central Flyway Snow Goose update, but we are going to do so live on site, at least with a couple of us, uh, with our friends at uh, Wing Chaser Outdoors in Central Kansas. So uh, here's Mr. Cameron Heckley, uh, co-owner of Wing Chaser. Cameron, what's up, man? Oh, not a whole lot. How are you guys? Doing good. Uh, Forrest is here with us on the podcast. Forrest flew in db1 from colorado yesterday so forrest and k two of dive bombs finest are on site there forrest hey what's, what's going on everybody not much dude so before we get into the hunt today and i know you guys are waking up and doing it all again in the morning so uh, we're going to be as efficient as we possibly can it's late it's 10 30 um so before we get into the hunt today, let's go back a little bit and let's talk about the spring conservation season so far in Kansas in the heart of the Central Flyway. So when did you guys wrap up your late dark goose season there and when did you guys switch gears to spring snows? Oh, it's probably been about two weeks now. Um, February 15th is our last day for darks. And then, you know, the day after, that's when we hit the snows hard. We had guys scouting that night, going after the snows pretty hard. Um, but, yeah, it, it was it was, it was was good dark season for the most part, but we're ready to get after the spring snows like we have been the last couple of weeks for sure. So have you guys been running pretty much nonstop every day since uh, since you started after the 15th? Yeah, for the most part, um, what we do with most of our groups is three days on, one day off kind of deal. And, um, you know, some of the bigger groups have stayed longer than than the smaller groups, obviously. But, uh, yeah, we've been running pretty much every single day. If not hunting, we're at least scouting every single day for sure. Sure. So let's talk about the, the theme of the spring there in the Central Flyway. So in Arkansas, it's been muddy lots of rain with with scattered and very very inconsistent success there's been success but it's been pretty dang inconsistent um it it hasn't been quite the grind of last spring with the adults but it's been far from the glory days of spring 2018 with the bumper crop of juvie so what what's the story here in in central kansas from what you can you can tell uh being you know to two weeks deep in this thing you know honestly it's 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 tough to tell at this point in the migration because we're really only about halfway into the migration but you know in november when those birds were just starting to come down the flyway we had a lot a lot of juvies so you know the days that you set up a good widespread you were killing the juvies without any color sure um you know in the last couple weeks we tried different things you know we've tried you know laying in the socks with white and laying, you know, on an edge hide or something like that, layout blinds, A-frames, right. like that. And honestly, the best luck we're having is getting out of the decoys, 
and putting your e-callers, your clones, your rotaries out in the middle, get your, all their attention off of you. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the ticket this mm-hmm. year for sure. You know, there's, there's enough juvies around to mess around a bit. You know, you can, you can help a little bit with the juvie numbers, but right. uh, there's still plenty and plenty of adults. So, so it's, we're, Talking about you, you were kind of talking about the migration, kind of early to tell. So for for where you're at right now, would you say for this spring, uh, for this time of year, in in going off historical data and, and migration in times past, would you say uh, the, they're a little early, a little late, right on time? Would you say uh, how, how would you how would you evaluate it? I'd say we're about on time. Honestly, we, we typically hunt snows till about March 15th, March 20th. And anytime after that period, it gets, you know, it gets sketchy. You know, you, at this time of year, you can find feeds of 50,000 birds and you set up on them the next morning and you're, you're going to see around 50,000 birds. But right later in the year, you know, March 15th, that area, you might find a feed of 10,000 you, and you hunt mm-hmm. it the next morning and you might see a thousand birds. So I'd say we're, we're about on track. We're about halfway through the migration, you know, in the last two weeks, that's when you really um, start putting numbers down. You got, you know, you got enough juvies coming back from South, you know, Texas and Mexico and Arkansas and everything like that coming through up. But uh, yeah, and, you know, there's, and there's, forest, enough- go ahead. Um, Forrest, I know, you know, you're, we haven't sent you out just a ton this spring, but you have been out some, but you know, you are very well connected in the central flyway and you know, a lot of guys out there and, you know, in that area and that, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, um, you know, kind of coming through that corridor on up. What, what would you say from what you're hearing? Would you say, it, you know, it's pretty accurate? Oh yeah, Deb, that's very accurate. You know, we've gotten, uh, these past couple of weeks, we've had a lot of storms that have been pushing through, and it seems like Colorado and into uh, western Nebraska have just gotten snowstorm after snowstorm after snowstorm. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, winter has finally showed up. So it seems like a lot of these birds have kind of been pushing up through this area we're at here in, uh, you know, in central Kansas, and we're, we're starting to see, uh, you know, the the push start to really happen. And I think some of those birds are just really starting to make their way north right now. And it's, you know, about right for this time of year. I'm used to hunting in, uh, you know, Colorado and, and we get our geese typically around this week uh, through the first week of March. And, and they're pretty much right on schedule. Awesome. So Cameron, you were talking about going out and scouting, um, you know, big, big feeds this time of year. So you you guys, from what it sounds like, um, you're not having any trouble getting on very, very sizable feeds um, this time of year, you know, late February into early March. Yeah, um, we typically don't. You know, we have a large refuge real close by the lodge and, you know, it, it holds so many snow geese even, you know, from basically November on till midway March. So we have plenty of snow geese throughout the whole year. And it really starts to load up, you know, probably the last week of February. That's when we really start loading up. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 been something different this year. Um, last year, there was no juvies around. Obviously, everyone knows that. 
Um, this year there's, there's more and more juvies showing up every day. You know, we're supposed to get a south wind tomorrow, so that's going to help things a lot. But, you know, we're just grinding out every day, trying things new, trying to see if that works better than the day before. And right. we're getting after it. So what would you say, let's say clients aside, let's say based on um, just going off past history, what's, say you were putting together just a, let's say a buddy hunt of, I don't know, 10 guys, you know, some guys were coming in from out of town. So it had some importance. It carried some weight and you're relying on some of these late juvies that push them back through. What is the latest day into March? You know, and I'm not saying you got to pin it down to one day, but you know, middle, middle, late part of the month, what would be the latest day that you would feel comfortable going out there? Um, and being able to put up some numbers to say, you know, they're, the numbers aren't huge, but we have enough juvies around where we can put together a very respectable hunt. And this is just strictly going off of, of, of feel from the past and opinion. What, what, what would that time frame look like? Honestly, here in central Kansas, I would say the latest I would feel comfortable running snow goose hunts is, is March 20th. I mean, that's, okay. That's, I mean, that's honestly kind of pushing it a little bit. Like March 14th, 15th, 16th in that area, that's when we start losing things, especially right. if you got a hard south wind and it's been 60, 70 degrees. You know, those birds are going to push hard to get north. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of the reason I asked that question is being an Arkansas guy, it just raises some curiosity because I know things are really starting to, you know, they're, they're tapering off. Uh, strong right now you know that you can still kill them no doubt about it and uh, you can kill them in the northeast part of the state there's there's definitely still pockets of birds it's not like the state's void of birds but um i know they they are on the move and going just off historical data man by the time you get into march get past that first week of march it's time to to put the decoys away and pull out the crappie poles because um, it, it's, that's kind of all she wrote, you know, could you find some little pockets in the Northeast part of the state? Yeah, you could pick away at a few, but right now it's, you know, we're coming down to the wire and it's, it's about time to, to shut her down and, and I start, start putting some slabs in the boat, at least for most normal people that aren't completely psycho you know of course we're going to send nick off and he's going to spend a, a month chasing them um but yeah I, I like doing this and I, I think other people will like hearing it especially um that these birds on on the move and, and hearing that y'all's birds are um starting to move i'm sure that that excites some of the guys in south dakota um in north dakota so uh, that's pretty cool i that, you know, having guys on from that have experience in, in different flyways is cool. So this one in particular for the central flyway in Kansas being like the heartbeat of the central flyway, this is perfect for this time of year. So, um, so let's go, let's get back to it. So, so you guys, you've been putting together some, some really good hunts with consistency this spring, at least from what I can tell. And, and this is comparative to, the, the, the season and the way the spring's going, like you guys are doing really good. Um, mm -hmm. Would you say that um, you've been happy with, with your uh, harvest numbers so far this spring? 
Yeah, honestly, it, it's been pretty good. Um, we haven't really had any single digits days. Um, as long as you're on a good feed or a good flight line, you know, you're seeing birds, you're going to be pulling some birds, especially you got, you know, say a group of 500 fly over you, you know, there's, there's a couple juvies in there that, you know, look can bring down some of the adults, especially if you got good conditions with good wind, the sun's out, you know, all those things in your favor. But, um, I, there's just not, it's just not how it used to be like 2017 or 2018, whenever that was, the good hatch was um, a couple of years ago. It, you know, you could throw out plastic plates. Right. It, it, it didn't matter what you threw out. It, it was so good. And, um, you know, and that's kind of something that kind of hurts being a snow goose guide is a lot of clients, a lot of outfitters booked a lot of clients in that time and they all had a good experience. And then the year after that, you know, with no juvies, you know, everyone, everyone hated it. You know, you didn't want to be a snow goose guide. You didn't, you know, you just didn't want to go after them anymore. But, you know, this year it's looking up for sure. And, you know, even I hope next year it's even better. But we're getting after them this year and throwing out really big sock spreads, getting in the A-frames, getting out of the decoys. And it's been working. So it's only going to get better too. Definitely, man. Um, so – let's talk a little bit about about spreads we got into it uh, a little bit with the hide the motion and getting out of the spread so let's um let's let's dig a little deeper into that can you tell me um for you guys what what's working what's not working as far as uh spread shape and size motion decoys no motion decoys uh you already touched a bit on on getting outside the spread so can you can you go a little bit deeper into that as far as uh numbers decoy wise uh yeah shapes uh, any any anything you want to you know, you know we've had share few, we've had a few spreads that has worked better than the others um we've tried different things with you know running it really wide and long and running two three hundred yards downwind and spreading everything out and make it look more realistic like the birds have been in there for a couple you know a couple hours or relax or feeding in the field you know nothing's alarming them um especially on a low wind day you can really spread those things out you know let those birds work all the way from the downwind side all the way up to you makes them even lower but on the days where you got a heavy wind you don't really want to you know spread socks way downwind because that's more stuff they got to fly over to get to you you know, you got to, you just kind of got to go with the wind. So on a real windy day, we'll shorten up the spread, make it a little thicker and run more decoys upwind than downwind. And then on a day, there's not much wind, you know, you can really start spreading that stuff out and make it look big and more realistic. And that's when you can start throwing rotaries out, clones out, spinners out, anything, you anything you've got, throw it out. Um, as far as numbers, I think today um, you guys were in that, I don't know, hundred and maybe thirty dozen ish range. Um has that been a pretty common theme, bigger, smaller? You know, we haven't really ran a real small spread because the big the big spreads that we have been running have had the most success. So we really haven't tried a real small spread yet. Um, you know, once the big spread stops working, you know, that's when we can change things up. But once we got something that's working, we kind of stick to that until it changes but so, for the most part we've been running around 130 dozen socks 
Okay. It's, and I know that you guys, you know, today there's there's a blend of, of you know, our S3I snows, blues, juvies. What kind of, um, you know, I know you, you want to give them a little bit of that, that salt and pepper look, but, you know, over there, I imagine you're you're a little heavier on, on whites than yeah, what yeah. we're doing over here. Um, in the Mississippi flyway. So what, what kind of breakdown would you say? Are you in that, uh, 60, 70% white, 10% blue, you know, 10, 15% juvie. What, what do you, what's kind of your, your sweet spot? Honestly, we don't get a whole lot of blues through this area in Kansas. Um, but I would say honestly, 80% of it's white. Okay. You know, you just, and honestly, we even, for running blues, you know, we just use sometimes Canada socks, especially if you got some snow on the ground. Um, it's just more visibility running some dark socks out there. Helps break things up and makes it look more realistic. Gotcha. Now, have you guys, um, have you guys attempted at all hunting inside the spread this year? I mean, me, me personally, I feel like on years like, this when you don't just have that that really good juvie hatch um i like getting out of the spread i like taking the <laughs> visibility off of of me yeah. and my blind um it, it, hunting in the spread is uh, it's easily the most fun there's there's no doubt when they're doing it right whether it's lessers specs snows ducks in the spread is fun it's a lot of fun we all know that but you can't have very, very much fun if you're laying out there and they're power flaring it, you know, at 80, 90 yards. So um, it, it sounds like to find some consistency, it sounds like uh, you guys have been outside of the spread most of the year or have you experimented at all inside the spread? We've done a few hunts inside the spread and we've had some success over it, but you know, you really got to have, some wind and you really got to have the sun out if you don't have the sun out they can it's just they don't have when the sun shines off the uh, socks you know it almost blinds them sure it's real white and it blinds them but when it's cloudy outside they see right through them yeah so, yeah i think whenever um the conditions aren't completely ideal for them and the birds aren't right especially the way these birds are this year uh i don't think that experimenting and not that's not to say when the conditions get right you can't get inside the spread but i think your safest bet at least for right now is is outside the spread i think you would agree for us would you what, what are your thoughts on that oh a hundred percent and uh you know any opportunity you have to be out of their field of view that's what you want to do um, you know, really, that's kind of my rule of thumb for anything. When they start getting educated, everybody loves shooting birds in the face. They're, you know, when they're coming right at you, it makes for a nice shot. Um, you know, everything's nice and exposed and, and you can get a nice clean kill. But man, you can have some of your best hunts when you're crosswinding birds or, uh, you know, heck, you can even set up on the downwind side and, and shoot them, you know, like, like the boogeyman would pop out from behind them and uh, get them where they're least expecting it. But, um, you know, sometimes, and especially with these snow geese, you know, a lot of them being 20 years old, you got to show them something that they haven't seen and you got to hide from them. And, uh, and you, you know, you, you got to think like a predator. You got to think about what they're looking for and where they're looking and, 
do whatever you have to do to get out of their field of view because these are extremely educated birds. They're the only bird that gets hunted going both north and south. So, you know, out of 20 years, and instead of just being hunted, hunted through 20 migrations, they've been hunted through 40. Right. And then the spreads they've seen is ridiculous. So you kind of got to think outside the box with some of this stuff. Yeah, these are these are definitely not the snow geese that our grandfathers, m- much less our dad, were hunting. I mean, these snow geese have a lot of pressure in, in every flyway. Um, the, the number of, of guys chasing them, the, I mean, they're fun. They're, they're a lot of fun, and, and people have learn when it comes together it's it's quite a spectacle but the the amount of pressure on these birds is is much different than it was even as as little as 10 years ago i mean we've touched on it um even not even 10 years five six years ago the the pressure is is much different so um i think throwing them different things like you said is is um it's critical to to have success you hit them in the spread when the conditions are right you hit them outside the spread whenever conditions aren't right so i think having a having an arsenal um a full arsenal a spread that you can be versatile is is really important because the the guys that are going to have the most success are going to be the guys that are not into a cookie cutter method but people that are willing to adapt and change based on time of year pressure wind weather and and varying circumstances so i I think what both you guys said carry carry a lot of a lot of validity so let's um let's talk about the hunt today so so first tell me a little bit about the scout uh yesterday or, or these birds and let's talk about i know we already touched on 130 dozen let's let's talk about the scout and how uh, you guys set up with the uh, the weather you were thrown today. Yeah. Um, you know, these birds, like I said earlier, they come off a huge refuge real close to us, and they've been flying over 35 miles to get to the fields to feed. And, you know, when they're doing that, if you hunt 35 miles away, you know, there's a good chance they could shortstop you 10 miles between you and the, and the roost. So um, it's kind of sketchy hunting that far away from the roost a lot of times, but, uh, it seems like they've been making it out there the last week now. So yesterday Colby went out there and he found a decent sized feed. There's probably 15,000 in a Milo field. And there's a couple fields next to it too, that had a decent amount in there. So we knew we were on the right flight line. So, um, once we knew that, um, we figured out where they were going to roost and what they were doing was they were leaving the refuge, um, in the mornings coming out to feed. And then they'd and then they'd stay on the uh, roost, and then they'd go back um, all the way back to the bottoms and then come out again. So we knew that there was two flights that we could get them at. So we set up in the morning, um, shot, what was it, 46 or so like that, and then um, kept the spread up. The wind picked up quite a bit. It was like a 25-mile-an-hour wind. Uh, birds started coming out around four o'clock and shot another 50 in the evening. So we ended up with 95 in a band. 95 in a band. So, I mean, that's a strong day, folks. I mean, 95 in a band, that that's nothing to, to sneeze at. Uh, anybody that watched the Instagram story, you would have, you would have seen that. You would have also seen that Forrest, they took a little break. 
and him and Kay did a flyover and dive bomb one. So what do you think, Forrest? How did that spread, that 130 dozen spread of, you know, S3I, Snows, Blues, and Juvies look from up there? Because I know what I saw on the Instagram, it looked really, really good. Oh, it, it looked awesome. And even this morning when we're putting the spread out, uh, and this is the first time I've gotten to hunt over the S3Is, uh, I've been hunting over socks forever. Um, and to see just the, the difference that just having a few heads up makes, um, low light especially, and, and when you're you know at a lower angle, you can see the profile of those heads pop up, and it looks so real. Uh, some of those heads turn to the side there when, when you get the wind, uh, and it's it's amazing how much of a difference that those make. Um, flying over it, it looked great. And, uh, and I, I got to say something about these guys here at Wing Chasers. You know, I've, I've been fortunate to hunt with a lot of really, I mean, just snow goose gurus, like Braden Gwenzie and, you know, Hunter Pickett and Zach Laborde and, and a bunch of guys that, uh, you know, really live for these snow geese. And, uh, man, these, these, these guys out here, um, they're younger, but they know what they're doing. I mean, they study these birds and they get it. So when we got to going and setting these decoys out, the goal number one was realism. Um, you know, we wanted to trick these birds from a long way away. And when I was approaching the airplane in the middle of the day, first off, you could see the spread from a very long way away. You know, we, we covered a lot of acreage with this spread. Um, so you could see them from a long way away. And as we got closer, uh, the movement was awesome. Uh, you know, they, they bobbed nicely in that wind. And at that time, that was right when the wind was starting to pick up. Uh, and it was blowing a solid uh, 25 to, to 30 knots. Uh, so you're looking at, you know, 32, 34 miles an hour. Uh, so it was ripping pretty good. But those socks looked just awesome. Um, the spread looked great. The hide looked great. And it was far enough off to the side, um, that it made a big difference. And that's another thing that these guys do really well is they understand, um, you know, how these birds act. Uh, so instead of having decoys set right up, you know, right in front of the blinds, let's say, uh, there's a nice little gap between the blinds and the decoys, uh, that really, especially this afternoon when the wind shifted from a west, which would basically be, uh, you know, birds coming right towards the blind to a, a, a northwest or even more of a, a due north wind. Uh, and we were, we were crosswinding them. That blind was not even a factor in, uh, in those goose's decisions, uh, and those geese decisions coming in. So it was, it was pretty awesome all the way around. And uh, yeah, I'm really not surprised. It's it's always exciting when you see these geese work the way they do. But uh, today was was something. I've had a lot of great snow goose hunts. This one's definitely on the list of one of the better ones I've been on. And, uh, you know, the, the strategy that these guys put into it is really a big reason why we had all that success. So the, uh, the word on the street is from the plane, you spotted a cripple that needed retrieving. Is that true? Yeah, it is. You know, and, and that's the nice thing about white geese. Um, they stand out even in, uh, in, in tall Milo. You know, it's it's all about that perspective. Um, so we were flying around and, and we had spotted a couple uh, downwind of the spread uh, on the first lap I made. And the, uh, the second trip out there, we actually uh, saw this one sitting on a pond on the uh, upwind side. So, you know, kind of taking down notes, going out and trying to be ethical, grabbing all your birds. Um, 
we uh, we decided to call it a little bit early. We were all real happy with how the day had gone. Obviously, I mean, we we knew we had a pile of geese. We didn't know how many, but we were we were happy before uh, legal shooting lights. So we decided to uh, you know make a, a good sweep of our field and, and the next couple fields down uh, wind of us had permission to go check those out. Um, so we called it early, went and we, we found, uh, you know, I don't know, probably a dozen birds or so scattered out that, you know, fall a long way, like Ross geese do and that sort of thing. And, uh, took our picture and, and things were starting to get dark and I wanted to go and, and find this one. So, um, you know, went across and, uh, hiked, it was, I don't know, three quarter of a mile upwind. And, uh, the bird, I couldn't tell if it was dead or alive from the air, but, uh, it looked fairly dead. So I, I wasn't too concerned, but you know, you always take your gun anyway. And, um, had a few minutes left in shooting light. And I think when I got up to it, we were down to the wire. I mean, it was probably three minutes before legal light. Um, so I walk out, you know, it's white birds sitting on the pond and it's, it's dark. Uh, so I, I send Lila, I'm maybe, you know, 40 yards from the bird. I send her, she gets to about 20 yards and, uh, I was shocked. This goose jumped up like nothing had happened to it and, uh, and started flying away. And I shot and classic forest whiffed the first shot that should have been a gimme at 40, uh, and then, uh, rolled it a little bit farther out there on the second one. Uh, so, you know, just kind of rewarding. It's always nice to make a good shot, but, um, you know, I had no idea what was going on and it was getting dark enough to where I didn't see the band on the bird until Lila had it in my hand. Um, and at 10 years old with Lila, uh, you know, she's been around the block. She's brought back some really, really special birds. But at this point, you know, when, when a dog gets up there in age, you never know what band could be a a dog's last. And, you know, I got really excited over this one and, uh, she had a great day. She was working real well with, uh, with Cliff, the other dog that we were hunting over and, uh, and they, they really did a nice job today. So, uh, it all kind of came together and, and made for a really nice memory for me. Yeah. That's a, a great memory and, a a great pile of shit <laughs> of all people, Forrest <laughs> Carpenter. That is some absolute bullshit, <laughs> man. I golly, mean, like up, pull yeah. that horseshoe out of your ass, dude. Oh my gosh, you got an absolute magnet. Poor little Kate over there. He couldn't have gone and got that cripple. No, it's just the guy that's already freaking strapped. Jeez. So keep in mind, people, get your cripples. I mean, it's the right thing to do, and it's the legal thing to do. Get your cripples. Always get your cripples, but take your gun. Man, that is some bullshit. I could, I could, I could do that. 20,000 times and not a damn one of them would have a band on them. <laughs> it, oh, it makes man, you good feel for you. Right I'm going to flick you right in the bag the next time, time I see you. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> oh, man. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. You guys had a you had a great day. 95 in a band. That's an awesome day. Um, so, Cameron, um, uh, this is a, a great report, great wrap-up. We're 30 minutes deep. We accomplished what we needed to accomplish. We've talked about, um, you know, where the birds are at, what they're doing. They're well on their way, headed north. You guys in South North Dakota, Canada, be patient. Uh, you'll get your you'll get your shot. I know Nebraska, you're killing some birds right now. So that's good. But, Cameron, you guys, you, you had an awesome regular season. Um, 
I believe it was late November. You guys put up like a 267, 270 spot, which I believe was the biggest pile of the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Did Forrest, did, did either of you guys hear of anything larger than that? Regular season I, in the States? This year, I I, I heard a good one. I, I don't know if I heard any that were that big, but, you know, there, there's a lot of guys you, you may not hear about some stuff, but that's that's definitely on the on the higher end of it. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't. If if there's one out there, I don't, I don't know about it. Which I, I've got to say, I'm pretty. Uh, I mean, it's my job. I should be, but I, you know, pretty much know what goes on in the waterfowl world. If it, even if it's not posted, I know somebody that sends it my way. So if anybody wants to send a message of a bigger pile than 267 this year during the regular season in the lower 48. Please send that my way. I'd love to see it, but I I haven't seen bigger than 267 this year. That's a hell of a pile, hell of a hunt. Can you, um, before we wrap it up, do you want to tell us about that one a little bit? I bet that was fun. I know it's somewhat snow goose related because there was a lot of snow geese in there, but you want to tell us about that hunt briefly? Yeah, it was for sure once in a lifetime hunt. Um, I don't know if I'll ever have a hunt that beats that, but it was something that, you know, it, you just, it's something you'd have to be there to, to believe it. It was, it was insane. Um, we ran out of shells twice, you know, it was just flock after flock after flock of juvie raw snow geese. And it was, it was insane. But what we were set up on was just basically like some sheet water in um, a wheat field. And there was, there's a few roosted on it, but it was more, more of a day love. They fed about three quarters of a mile east of it and um, kicked the ones that did roost on it. Maybe there's, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 speckle bellies roosted on it. Kicked them off. Um, at first light, we had a huge spin of uh, snow geese and specks. And I think we killed... 20, 20 snows and a couple specks out of the first spin and it didn't stop from that point on it was it was something that i'll never forget for sure and there was quite a lot of you know there's quite a few lesser you know i know you shot a lot of lesser canadas in there did you guys shoot any ducks in there as well yeah we shot like i want to say like 60 darks and 20 ducks and another 200 some were snows okay Gotcha. Um, you, you said specs, and, and that made me bring up something I, I didn't touch on. Did you guys have to um, pass on any groups today due to specs being in the way? Yeah, there was there was a few. Um, you know, it, it wasn't crazy, you know, like in November where every little group has specs and snows mangled together. But right. there were some groups that I wish we could shoot into, but um, you better play it safe. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so it sounds like if those specs wouldn't have been their pesture and you guys, you probably, you know, you would have been well over over the century mark is what it sounds like. Yeah, well, believe it or not, um, Forrest and Cade, we're driving the plane around um, late, so we we got out of the plane and headed out to the field, and we got there just in time. And they're still in the plane, messing around, taking picture. Um, and then the first couple groups came off the refuge and came right in. I mean, we landed probably a thousand snow geese in the spread, and um, and 
I don't even know how many others, probably another thousand that were coming down and they all kind of got up at once and came right over the A-frames at 20 yards and we rained out probably 15 to 20 oh, right man. off the get-go while, while they were still in the plane. So if we had if we had everyone in there, like I think we had six guns a day and only three of us were shooting this evening for the most part. If we had six guns this evening, we'd have, we'd have for sure went over 100. Wow. Awesome. So our, our two photographers – we're um dicking around getting the getting the plane tied up while um a thousand snows were landing in the field that's <laughs> yeah thanks, thanks for the bus there, Cam. that's that's i'm sure we'll uh, we'll hear from cody about uh, why we need a paycheck you know, just playing around instead of actually oh but, man uh, no we we got the uh, the classic uh phone call of hey uh you guys should get out here like now kind of deal when they're they're out there picking up geese so we uh may or may not have driven that rental car a little faster than it was supposed to go on some roads it probably shouldn't have been on to get out there man well um we'll we'll wrap it up so we've we've got you guys on the schedule um for late december this fall so I, i i can't wait to 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 get us out there um during the regular season to to uh, put a put a hurting on them with you guys, it's going to be a good time. I'm glad that um, we could get Forrest and Kate out there on short notice. Uh, you know, I know we've been talking quite a lot over the last year, and and we're we're, we're thrilled to have you guys uh, running our product. You, you you're great guys, and and had a ton of success. Uh, but I'm glad you could finally, you know, even though not mine, but uh, or Nick's or, or Cody's, but but able to at least put faces with a couple of our, our representatives, uh, Forrest and Cade, um, you know, put a face with, with the company. And, um, you know, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate uh, you running the product. And, um, you know, it's uh, it looks like you guys had an awesome regular season. You're having a really, really good spring. Um, so, I guess after this, after we wrap up spring snows, what's the plan for the for the off season for you guys? Well, before we go into vacation mode, we still got spring turkeys from April okay. to May. So okay. then after that, it's you know chill on the couch and don't spend too much money until August. All right. Well, that doesn't sound like a a terrible idea. So I, I know you guys gotta you gotta wake up early. You are gonna go do it again tomorrow. Um, when this comes out, uh, that hunt will, will already be over with. So everybody will be able to see on Instagram how you did. So thank you for taking your time to sit down and talk with us. I know it's a busy, busy time for you guys. So we greatly appreciate it, Cameron. And, uh, yeah, you guys thanks for having me. It was fun talking right, to you guys. Man. As always, make sure you are following along on all of our social media platforms instagram facebook our private facebook group dive bomb ministries forum and fan page and you better get your ass over to our youtube channel and subscribe do it right now we got a lot of awesome awesome trips coming up we're going to provide some really really cool content on there so make sure you don't miss out on that Uh, my name is asher tolliver thanks a ton for your continued support of dive bomb ministries y'all be good Thank you for listening to the Dive Bomb Squadcast.